Before we crack on with the show, I just want to tell you about a new product from manscaped.com. If below the waist grooming is not for you and it's not for everyone, then let me see if this might interest you. It's called the Weed Whacker and it sorts out those unwanted long nose hairs and ear hairs. Now, if you get to a stage in life like me, someone who is rapidly approaching their 40s, then this is an issue that you have to deal with. And uh, according to the survey from manscaped.com, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So if you've let that get out of control, then the weed whacker might be for you. Just a reminder that if you head to the checkout at manscaped.com, you can enter the code KOA to get 20% off and free shipping. So that's KOA to get 20% off and free shipping. You'd be helping the show. You'd be helping our sponsored Manscaped. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, with that, on with the show. Hello friends and welcome to the latest edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast brought to you in association with Manscaped. My name is Mark Heath. I'm your host again. I'm back from my holidays and I'm taking a little bit of time to readjust to the working world working world, and also speaking world, boys, because um, two weeks is a long time to have off. Um, I'm really struggling. But of course, the most important guys are with me. The, f- the full entire show who carried the show in my absence admirably um, I'm going to come to you first of all, Hutchie, because you are now officially the most important member of this team. On top of all your other nicknames, Hutch Hogan, Michael Hutchins, Adolf Hutchler, you're now Blue Tick Badman, officially verified. You are a real person and therefore go straight to the top of the KOA pecking order. How do you feel? Should I really still be on here? You've probably too too much of a big deal um, now, mate, to be honest. Um I'm ple- I'm I'm very pleased to say it's not changed me. It's been a week it's been a week well it's not actually it's been about 5 days and I've I've not gone off the rails there's been no drug use. Yeah. Um I'm I'm still the same person that I was and if I'm completely honest it means nothing. You don't you don't need verification from social media companies to make to make you a a worthwhile human being. That's 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 a sad reality. I I hope I hope they strip me of it. That's exactly what someone with a blue tick would say. I, I don't care about it. It's not important. Um, but you clearly, if you're watching on video, you can see that the blue tick has attracted fans to Hutchie already. You can just see the arse of his cat, Tiger, um, who's literally wiping his arsehole on your mic before the uh, we started recording. <laughs> so hopefully Tiger's going to make an appearance at some point, gent- gently nudging and, and nuzzling into, into Hutchie's blue tick face. Um, your partner in crime wearing a shirt, looking very smart today, Stewie. Um, how do you feel about about not being verified? You have five thousand more followers on Twitter. Um, you've been you're now in your tenth year of Ipswich Town coverage, your testimonial year, Luke Chambers, um, and yet you have been snubbed for that that all important blue tick. Not bothers. Uh, probably if they offered it to me, I'd, I'd reject it. You know, like people go don't want an MBE uh, principal. So yeah, you'd hand it back. Absolutely. Does my face look bothered? Does the tone of my voice sound bothered? Absolutely not. Good. And he says he hasn't changed. Mm. We know he has. He's just yeah, not returning. He's... he's not returning any of my messages now, which uh, is not unusual, but he's doing it with spite, I think, this time. Um, 
And finally, of course, the, the two other members of the show, the bollocks dragging along behind the, the big swinging dick, um, me and Roscoe. We will never be verified, Roscoe, and we don't care, do we? <sighs> what, what does it give you? Just, you know, a nice little blue tick. That's, that's all it gets you. Nice, that looks pretty. It does look pretty, to be it fair. It does look but, pretty, yeah. But, nah, not for me. Don't care. We should point out that the uh, the erstwhile fifth member of the team, the fifth Beatle, if you like, um, the big porker, Mike Bacon, has been verified for years. And still to this day, I have no idea how that happened. Touchy, how, how did it? How did speed, it happen? It's Speedway. It's, oh, it's is what it, it is. If you if you if you've got an interest in Speedway and have in prior life been a Speedway journalist, they look really favourably on you. Right. Um, before we start, uh, Tigers off. Um, before we start, I've been blackmailed this morning by someone, who? Someone. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say who it was, but someone. Someone has messaged me this morning, a listener, I won't name them, uh-huh. um, saying, release a pod today or I'll keep, a, I'll keep and I will keep secret the fact that you and your famous calves were spotted walking, walking himself and a bike up the hill. Wow. That, yeah, I mean, that is, that's a threat, isn't it? That's a direct threat. It is, and I'll be honest, I did walk my bike up a hill at the weekend. I did a very long cycle ride, and at the end of it, near my house, I couldn't face walking up the hill. But um, I won't be black. I'm not going to be blackmailed, and we're not doing this just just for you. If you're listening, do you still have to push your own bike when you're verified? I assume that you, that, that kind of thing is is now beneath you. Some yeah, someone from San Francisco from Twitter HQ just comes over and um yeah and does it for you. Excellent. That's my job now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah absolutely hutchie's bike pusher and, and backstroker um carve massager boys um obviously none of you can ask me about my holiday that's fine i'll move on um let's talk about sexy stuff shall we boys because there's a lot of stuff happening um i signed off a couple of weeks ago saying that by the time i came back town would know their fixtures which we which we obviously do know and they'd also signed a slew of players including a sexy striker it didn't look like that was going to be the case until suddenly we had a flurry of signings from Friday onwards. So let's get deep into them. Let's do it in chronological order, shall we, though, boys? So we're recording this on Tuesday morning. Last night, Town signed a shot stopper. Ross, oh. what is Town's new goalkeeper's name? Oh, I should have knew. Oh, to be fair, I use Google Translate to know, you know, because you can you can play it and it tells you how to say it. Sort let's of. hear it. Come on, what is it? Vaclav... Halanki? That's that's probably not. No. <laughs> Halanki. <laughs> K is fine. We're just missing a D in there, I think. Yeah. Hutchie, you're you're obviously officially the the um the show's best pronouncer of names, particularly Eastern European names. So um, how how should we refer to to Town's new number one? What's his name? It's Vaclav Hladki. Vaclav Hladki. Fantastic. He sounds um, like he wants to be called Vas. Vas Hadley. Uh, so yeah, Ipswich Town have got a new goalkeeper, boys. He's, he's you'd imagine he's going to be their new number one. Shui, should we start with you? What what are your thoughts on Mister Hladki? Yeah, I think Ipswich have, have changed direction in uh, where they wanted to go with with the goalkeeper over the last week to to ten days. Um, we're in negotiations with Dundee United over um, Segrist, Benjamin Segrist, um, but they obviously hit a bit of a brick wall there and. Um, Mark Ashton and co are going to be tough negotiators this summer. Um, there might be a bit of a sense around 
the world of football that Ipswich have got loads of money to spend and uh, people can stick zeros on. But I think they'll have their tipping points with players and they obviously have multiple targets in across multiple positions and they've decided that um, to move on. And uh, they've gone down the route of Vaclav Hladky, who... Um, the last couple of years, on last two three years on his CV, are pretty impressive. He was he was kind of hailed as one of the best, if not the best, goalkeepers in the SPL with St Mirren. He's then moved south of the border to Salford and uh, kind of got every honour going at the end of last season. He was named their Player of the Year. He was in the League Two Team of the Year. He kept twenty two clean sheets, which is incredible. As Salford finished um, uh, eighth, I believe, in in League Two. So. Um, 30 years old, which is a really good age for a goalkeeper. Still plenty of, of years of develop in, development in him. So um, you would imagine that he will be Ipswich's number one between the sticks next season. Mm. Hutchie, you wrote a profile piece, which is online now. Go back and read it if you haven't. Just introducing fans to Town's new stopper. He is going to be number one, isn't he, Hutchie? And he bears some similarities to a former fan favourite, does he not? I think so, uh, on both counts. Um, I think he'll be the number one and... To me, you know, others might disagree, but having watched a fair few of his highlights, which isn't always the most sensible thing to do for a goalkeeper because a goalkeeper's highlights would include them saving the ball. Um, <laughs> um, but it, the, the way that he does it reminds me of of Bart in that it's very off the cuff. It's kind of on the, on the toes. Um, I think maybe we've seen over the last couple of, years at goalkeepers at Ipswich that have been a bit more flat footed, a bit more stuck stuck to the floor, but he's springy, he's on his toes, he's he's bouncing around inside his his box and, and pushing balls away at funny angles and not always hugely orthodox in, in similar ways to Bart was. Um he rem- he reminds me of, of Bart. But the, the crucial thing that I want to see from a goalkeeper and it's been hard to it's been hard to see this in in sort of all the highlights and things that are are available is that the thing that Ipswich have lacked in goalkeepers is a command of the box, particularly between sort of the edge of their six-yard box and the penalty spot um, and command in the area. That That's what I really want to see from him, that the signs look relatively promising. He, he's, he can come through traffic and punch and, and is confident enough to try and catch, but you only really... You only really see that side of a goalkeeper when you're watching him every week. So that that's what I'll be looking for from a new goalkeeper because I think that's the area that they they really need something more from. Mm. Certainly physically, he's very similar to Bart, isn't he? He's what is he six foot three, six foot four, that kind of size. He looks athletic. He, he's got a similar haircut. He looks very similar. And also Roscoe, one of his strengths, aside from being a good shot stopper, which always makes me laugh when people refer to a goalkeeper as a good shot stopper because surely that is their job, is he's bloody good at penalties. He saves penalties when it matters. Yeah, I've been checking his stats. You get it? Yeah, stats. Yeah, no check. You know, check, check. from check, public, you know, check, checkmate, and all that. But yeah, it's always good. It's always good for a keeper who's um who is um you can rely on on penalty shootouts. And uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know much about him before he signed. Um, I think probably I was trying to stay away with players who I can't pronounce. So it's probably the ones I try to stay away from. But uh, yeah, 22 clean sheets last year. That is very impressive. I don't know if any other goalkeeper in English football did that this um, last season. So, yeah, and you know, I think that's one. When Holy first signed, he, he got a lot of clean, clean sheets, didn't he? He really broke a record. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm impressed by this signing. 
What's he also faced sorry, he also faced yeah. the, the most shots, second most shots in League Two last season. These aren't just these aren't just clean sheets that are because of a, an immaculate backline in front of him. That, that only I think it was only Crawley conceded more shots. So he, he's made a lot of saves to keep those clean sheets. They've they've been quite hard, hard earned by all accounts. Good stats, actually. I was gonna say Rossi clearly hoping that Town would sign Ben Amos. Um, and not Cladkey. Um Thomas Holy is the incumbent, though, boys. He's still at Ipswich Town. Do we think then that Town oh, are going to go into? <laughs> are Town going to go into into the season with these two keepers, or are we going to see Holy move on as well? What do you reckon? Um, I think there's every chance he moves on. The, the vibe that we were getting when we when we did the story about Paul Cook telling the vast majority of his squad that they can move on this summer is that. Thomas Holy was part of the Demolition Man project and I haven't heard anything to the contrary since. Um, it would obviously mean them having to to go out and sign another keeper, which then becomes a little bit more difficult when you're then trying to, to buy the next goalkeeper when it's pretty clear that you've probably got your, your number one in the building. You've then got to say, well, you'd, you can come in and you'd be battling for the number one slot, but that maybe is a, a tougher sell. Um, so if that proves a tough sell and, and you maybe haven't got the suitors for Holy, then potentially you kind of roll into the season with, with those two. But um, uh, what do you reckon, Andy? I still think that there's a chance that Thomas goes, isn't there? Big yeah, yeah. He was, it was very much one of those that was told he could move on. Um, and, and like you say, there's, there's no real evidence suggesting that that's changed. However, if it was me, I wouldn't be trying to move him on. I think he's the kind of character that would actually adapt to a role as being the number two and pushing for a start really quite well. Um, he's mm. a, clearly a good character. Um, he will make an effort to be, to help, help Vaclav settle. I'm sure they don't know each other, but he, I'm sure Thomas is the kind of character that would have done that with any goalkeeper that was coming in, um, if, whether he's Czech or not. So um, yeah, it, He's low maintenance, isn't he? Yeah, he's low maintenance. You know, he's this in, infectious, positive character. I think you know, in terms of your backup goalkeeper, if that's what he's to be, he won't be comfortable with that. All goalkeepers want to play, but I think you know, it's your off-field qualities as an as a number two are just as important as as being ready when mm. called upon. Um, he's a solid League One goalkeeper. It's probably a position that they needed to to level up, as they did across a lot of positions this summer, but. They've left themselves a lot of work to do. Is it is it an unnecessary one to go chain messing about with your, your backup mm-hmm. goalkeeper? I don't know, but we'll see. You certainly don't need to go out and, and bring in another one sort of on top of him and then try and get rid of him, do you? I think if 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 you find a suitor for him and are able to move him on, then maybe you do that. But I, I think that would if that would be the would be the order that it has to has to happen in rather than mm. desperately going out there and bringing in a second choice goalkeeper because you want to move Holy on. So yeah, that's, that's probably where I'd be at with it. You need healthy competition as well, don't you boys? I mean, obviously Holy has been number one for town in the past. Um, you need someone pushing Hladke. If he is indeed going to be the man between the sticks at the start of the season, you want someone that can push him and, and keep him on his toes. So let's see. Um, in terms of other signings, boys, other sexy stuff, obviously there was a lot happening over the weekend, but I want to talk first of all about something we expect to happen today. Um, another signing, the sixth signing of the summer, Matt Penny, formerly of Sheffield Wednesday, left-sided specialist. Stewie, is he coming in to be Towns' left-back? 
Not sure. He's, uh, he can play in multiple positions down that left-hand side, left-back, left-wing-back he's played quite a lot of. And I think more latterly has been used further forward as a left midfielder for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Owls fans will tell you he's better going forwards than he is defensively. That's where the question marks over him. Paul Cook does like marauding fullbacks, fullbacks who play as wingers. So it may be that he's being earmarked as that sort of left back who will have the shackles taken off of him. Um, similarities to Wes Burns in terms of someone who can play anywhere down that right side. So that fits in with Paul Cook trying to sign versatile players, which enables you to carry a smaller, tighter-knit squad throughout the season. So whether he's been signed as a, as a squad player or as a, as a starter, um, time will tell on that one. Mm. Roscoe, thoughts on, on Matt Penny? I don't really know much about him. I know we scored an absolute cracker in Germany. Um, that is a position where we are needing to bring in. Good age, 23. Good age. <laughs> Ticks your boxes, under 30. Box. Um, yeah. I think the, the only worry for me, he hasn't played much football um, at all, really, in his whole career. I know he's still very young. Um, but yeah, left side of specialist, as, um, as you said, can play in different positions. I think that's always good having players who are versatile. Um, yeah, I think it's a free transfer, so not a, a risk or anything like that. So yeah, not not too too fussed about it, not too you know excited about it. I'm sure he'll be a, a decent little squad player. You're like Hutchie, not too high, not too low, just flat line like that. Like Hutchie is all the time. Hutchie is is Matt Penny going to set your pulses racing? Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing about it. No, I'm, <laughs> no um. Ross, just go back to Hladke, Ross. Oh God, he, t- he turns thirty-one in thirty-one in November. Now. what happens now. then? What happens now. then? Out. No, he's a goalkeeper. That is a prime age for a goalkeeper. Oh, okay, so it's different rules. It's different, different rules. Okay, he's a goalkeeper. So okay, <laughs> can we can we just establish when he becomes useless? Then what age the goalkeepers <sighs> become useless? I don't know. But sometimes at full like Buffon, I know it's a whole different level. He's still playing. He's, um, a, freak, he's a freak of nature, though. Surely yeah, there's true. a he's an exception to the rule. At what point do goalkeepers become shit? When their backs, when their backs are fucked. Really okay, much. so they what? can't dive anymore. Thirty, what? Thirty-three, thirty-four. I think thirty-five. After thirty-five, and if okay. they're yeah, they can't dive okay. about as much as they used to. So, so you still 30, got five years. Thirty-five, fine for goalkeepers up until thirty-five. Outfield players over thirty, get rid. That's the yeah. Roscoe approach. Excellent. Ross, there you it's, go, Mark. It's 2021. We're, in the, we're living in the year of sports <clears throat> science and, and, and prime athletes getting later and later. We're living in the year of Tiger Woods and Roger Federer and Tom Brady. and Cristiano <laughs> and Tom Brady. I don't think we should be writing people off at 30 anymore. Yeah, we're League One, though. We're League One. Okay. No, League One. <laughs> this is, of course, no, coming. This is coming from a 24-year-old man. Just you wait till you get a bit nearer 30, Roscoe. I'm struggling. I'm struggling at 24, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hutchie, sorry. Yeah, uh, before we, yeah. we digress, there you, you were saying about Matt Penny. You were buzzing. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, I I don't think he'll. I don't think he's coming in as the the starting left back. That that would surprise me. I. I I would expect another another to come in, but I think um I think this probably cements where Miles Kenlock is at in terms of his position at the club. Um because Penny Penny can, can comfortably play at left back and can play in midfield as well and, and perhaps 
is the reason why why Miles may potentially move on wherever that wherever that may be. Um, from what I gather from speaking to a couple of people at Sheffield Wednesday about him, is that he kind of burst onto the scene. And Stu, do you remember? Um, do you remember? I think when we went up to Sheffield Wednesday, the, the really little manager they had, Jos Lohaki. Do you remember him? Mm-hmm. He uh, he burst onto the, he burst onto the scene under him, and he absolutely loved him. And I think Sheffield Wednesday fans at that point were were really quite excited because it's, it's someone come through the youth system and, and and was ready to go. But his Steve Bruce came in and he he stalled a bit, and he went off to some some poorly in in um, in Germany, which is one of the most fascinating clubs on the planet. But little Jos. Little Yoss was his manager there as well. Um, well some Paulie so, are the kind of heavy metal, rock and roll, skull and left wing. Bones. Yeah. 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 And proper so le- went there. I mean, that, that excites me in itself because there's not many English players that put themselves out of their comfort zone and go and play in other countries and different cultures. So that tells me a little bit about his personality. Um, you talked about sort of not playing loads of football. He's a, he's a young player that came through excited people, maybe drifted a little bit. Uh, Josh Emmanuel is a name that sort of springs to mind. It, Josh Emmanuel kind of played bits of championship football in fits and starts, was released. There wasn't too many tears shed from Ipswich fans at the time. It was a sense that there were defensive question marks over him. He's gone away, had loan spells, and now he's just won the League One title with, with Hull and has looked a real sort of more rounded player still had those physical attacking qualities that we knew but looked like he'd improved in other areas of his game so um, I hope that that Matt Penny is someone that will benefit from going away from his childhood club and, and having a bit of a fresh start and different voices and in, in the same way that perhaps some of these young players that have been in the Ipswich Town bubble for years Andre Dezel, Jack Lancaster etc might, might go away and a change of scenery might be good for them as well so that, that's the hope with Matt Penny, but um, yeah, I'm the same as Andy. I'm not convinced he'll be he'll be the starting left back come the first game of the season. In terms of his kind of pluses, um, uh, uh, by all accounts, he, he's very quick, he's athletic, and he's he's good positionally. Um, in, ter- in terms of his areas to work on, he, apparently he's a he, he loves to cross the ball, but only from from deep. He's a deep crosser. And is a bit patchy with his delivery, and we, we've seen it. We've seen that in the past, haven't we? With 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 uh, wide players at Ipswich being very hit and miss with their delivery. So hopefully he's only twenty three, and that's an area he can he can definitely work on and improve. So yeah, we'll see. We're looking forward to seeing these guys playing and getting to know what they're what they're really all about. Mm. Is there no? We talked about Miles Kenlock there. Is there no way that Miles Kenlock could be considered for that left back slot next season? Not at all. He's training with the under twenty threes. He's, I, I think, he's pretty. It's pretty clear that he's. Whether that's right or not, I, mm. I don't know. Um, Ross thinks it is, but uh, <laughs> it's, no. I, 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 I think we've. I think it's pretty clear that they want. They're going to want to sign a fresh, left back. Hopefully, to play in tandem with Kane Vincent Young. Okay, so that's two in the building. Before that, on Saturday, a strange day to announce someone. Town announced the sexiest of possible signings, a striker, McCordy Bond, on loan from QPR for a season. Formerly of this parish, a chantry boy, back home on his manor, Ipswich Town fan, former member of Ipswich Town Academy, Stewie McCordy Bond. How excited are you about him and where do you see him fitting into Paul Cook's system? I think he'll be seen as a striker. I know he's played a little bit out, out wide, but he's he's a striker. So I think he'll be competing for that that 
main striker role. Um, he's had a fascinating journey, as you say, an Ipswich boy, grew up Chantry High School, um, was released by Ipswich at the age of 14. And he goes, after a very brief spell at Norwich, which we'll skirt over, he goes to Colchester. He comes through their academy and he's kind of in and out of their team over a few years. It was actually sort of the... He burst on the scene with, with a few goals in his first few games after he just turned 18. And then he had to kind of bide his time for a while because Freddie Sears... It was the season that Ipswich signed Freddie Sears. So Freddie Sears kind of kept him out of the team for the first half of that season. Then I think they signed... It have been Chris Porter midway through that season. So it, it was never really lift-off for him at Colchester. And he had to drop down to non-league. And he goes to Leighton Orient. And then he's prolific there. He scores 20-plus goals in consecutive seasons for Orient. Um, they win the National League title to get back to the Football League in the second of those seasons. And that gets him the move back up the chain. Charlton buy him for 200 grand. He goes to the Championship. Um, and at that stage... He's done a lot of reflective interviews, Macaulay Bond admits that he'd fallen out of love with football and it was just in Edinburgh, who, who sadly obviously died of a heart attack, um, that kind of re-engaged him and, and got him really loving football again. And so he goes back up to Charlton. I think, you know, he, he admits that that was a big, steep learning curve for him, that he wasn't ready for that championship jump at the time. Probably played more games than was expected Um Bowyer talked about him being a bit of a project signing to start with when he went there, but there were injuries to people like Hemed and, and Lyle Taylor, and he played a reasonable amount of games that season. And Charlton got relegated, but he still scored 11 goals. Um, and off the back of that, he gets a £2 million move to QPR. And last season, he was he was pretty much limited the role of, of a sub for them. Charlie Austin was obviously their main man up front. So Ipswich are getting someone that went for £2 million to, from, to a championship club not that long ago. He's had a couple of seasons in the championship now and he's an Ipswich boy and he is absolutely buzzing to be here. He's talking about it, how much it means to not just him, but his family as well, how it's going to give him an extra 10 15% representing the club that he loves. And that that has to excite people, doesn't it? So, um, hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Macaulay in action. He seems like a bit of an all-rounder, someone who can score headers, left foot, right foot, room to grow. But uh, I think he's a really good signing for Ipswich at this moment in time. Hmm. Hutchie, what do you see Bond bringing to the team? What for you are the, the, his kind of important attributes that he's, he's going to bring to the town side? First first of all, I want to see him given the number nine shirt, um, potentially if, if Caden Jackson moves on, which I think there's every chance he will mm -hmm. um, give, give him that number nine shirt. That will add a. You talked about that extra fifteen percent or so that he'll get for playing for his own hometown club. Maybe you can tack another five percent on there for having the number nine on your back as well. Um, he again, he's he does look like a bit of an all rounder, and I think that's what Cook wants from his strikers. He, I think he he looks similar in style to James Norwood to me in times in terms of potentially doing some things off the cuff at times. He maybe maybe looks like he can hold the ball up a little bit more than than James does but I, I think they both kind of fit they both fit a type um mm. I agree with Stu I'd like I'd, I think I'd like I'd like to see him down the middle rather than um, putting people wide when when really they're they're central strikers but I think I think this could really benefit James Norwood as well to have a to have a like a kind of a, almost a like for like challenger for for a starting spot I, I found it really interesting what Stu said just a minute ago about um, about making the jump from Orient to the Championship, and it, it reminds me of of the jump that 
that Ipswich asked people like like Caden Jackson to make a few years ago. Maybe Macaulay Bond was was more fortunate to to be making that jump as part of a team that was a bit more established and a bit more settled. And I don't know, they obviously they did was ultimately able to... get relegated that season, didn't they? Yeah, so there is again similarities there that Bond yeah. was asked to do a, a big jump up. Probably played more games than he should have done, and Charlton ultimately ended up getting relegated. And now he finds himself. Perhaps, you know, League One is now at his 25 years of age. You might feel that this is a really comfortable level, a level that I feel that I can shine at now. And, um, you know, there's this. I'm hoping this one could work out. He runs in behind. Um, he got a lot of tough love from, from Lee Bowyer at Charlton. Sounds like he was someone that Bowyer was on at all the time. And Bowyer talked about people think I'm harsh on Macaulay, but I want him to go up a few levels. And the big gripe that Bowyer had with him, that he wasn't physical enough, but for a big lad, he didn't use his size well enough. He wasn't, you know, goal scoring is not a problem. He's a he's a fox in the box. He'll he'll finish, but they wanted him to become a more all round striker and use his size and use his physicality a little bit more. And that seems to be what his learning curve over the last couple of years has has been. And hopefully, Ipswich can reap the benefits of that. You have to be able to do it all under Paul Cook, don't you? As a striker, I don't, I don't think it's kind of. I don't think he's the kind of manager that wants to carry a striker that's kind of a an expert in one area, but horribly lacking in others, which is maybe why someone like Ollie Hawkins doesn't, doesn't tick his boxes. Obviously he's departed now because he, he doesn't offer that mobility and, and they're getting in behind. Maybe Caden Jackson doesn't tick those boxes because he can't do the coming short stuff and he can't, can't flip out wide and interchange with front, front um, sort of other members of that front three behind him. And it, it just looks to me like along with Norwood, Bon just just ticks every box that that Cook wants. All all the stuff about him being a chantry boy and coming coming back to Ipswich is just a just a added bonus. Um, to see an Ipswich an Ipswich boy wearing the number nine shirt would be really would be really good. Give him the shirt. That is that is some some pretty spicy extra icing on top of the cake, though, isn't it, Ross? That he's, he's from here. Um, it's it's the prodigal son returning home. How much extra do you think that that adds to the signing for you? Fun fact, I was in the same year as Macaulay. Were you? So I played. I played football with him before. At that age, at fourteen years of age, you knew he had something. Oh, but, so you're going to um, say yeah. you, you were better. <laughs> maybe, maybe at uh, you know tap ins and stuff. Yeah, but uh, no, he's a good lad, and I think that does give that extra donut when it is a hometown lad. You know, the fans will be on his side straight away. Um. You know, I'm sure they'll they'll get a song for him quickly. Um, but you know, you know, you love that sort of thing. That's just a, a fairy tale sort of thing. When a, someone comes in, a hometown lad, you hope he does well, and I'm sure he will score the goals. You know, as as we said before, he's been prolific before at Lane Orient. I think he's got if he's got the right manager, right players around him, I think he will score the goals. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing him in action. So, are we going on the record now? Obviously, you've lost your boy, Gwion Edwards. Macaulay Bond, by the sound of it, is your best mate. Is is Macaulay Bond now officially your boy? It's got to be. We both follow each other on Instagram, so okay, you know, it, it counts as a. He's my boy. Yeah, so he's got. He's got to be a. He's got to be a bu, hasn't he, or a bui? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's... My bui. 
I think yeah. McCauley's also good mates with Fabio Wardley, the Ipswich heavyweight boxer. So we've got a bit of an athlete triumvirate there, including yourself, Roscoe, because clearly you were a massive baller <laughs> at the age of 14. We've already established that's when you peaked as a footballer. So there you go. Um, and just finally, boys, one more signing. It's actually in the building. I think you, you've talked about him before. Obviously, I got very excited about him because I love the nickname I've already given him. Rakeem the Dream Harper is officially an Ipswich Town player. I'm excited about this, boys. Um, Stewie, you you are known occasionally to get excited, certainly more than Hutchie. Um, is this revving your engine, Rakeem Harper? Is going to be a town player next season? Yeah, it certainly is. I think this is this is a real signing <clears throat> of intent from Ipswich. I think it sets a bit of a precedent for the window to follow. This is a player that I think West Brom fans have said before are surprised that a they've let him go for the for the price they have. They were surprised at that when it was initially reported at five hundred thousand, with the potential to rise. Our understanding has changed in the in the last little while that it's actually less than that. Um, and I think there's surprise across the football world that Ipswich and Ashton have managed to strike such a good deal for him. Um, obviously, there was a hold up with him signing because of what was happening at West Brom with with um, Luke Dowling, their chief exec, leaving. Um, and their inability to appoint a manager for some period of time. But I think there was a bit of negotiating going on as, as well on that. And Ipswich are very uh, happy with the deal that they've got for him because he's a 21-year-old. He's represented England at, at youth level before. Um, he's, he's been a, he was their young player of the year when West Brom finished fourth in, in the championship. He's another one that has not been afraid to push himself out of his side of his comfort zone. As a young man, he went on loan to Blackburn in, in League One. Last season, he was happy to go to Birmingham in the midst of a championship relegation scrap towards the end of last season. And, and so much like these other players, ambition oozes out of his quotes. This is someone that has set himself a very high target in football. He rubbed shoulders with the likes of Foden and Sancho as, a, as an England youth team player. And he wants to get back to the top. He made his debut in the Premier League at the age of 17 um, and he has got big ambitions and Ipswich have managed to persuade him that they can match those ambitions and uh, to get someone like him in the door uh, and and others that have got championship experience, we've talked about Bon and others, then hopefully as we talked right at the start of this summer that that sets the ball rolling and uh, good players attract other good players. So um, I'm really excited about the business that they're doing. There's plenty more to happen, but uh, I think there are... Uh, the ball is rolling now, and it's uh, it's exciting times. Come on, Hutchie, let's let's get your your engine revving, your your boat floating. Rakeem the Dream Harper is in the building, box to box midfielder. You're buzzing, I'm sure. Whereabouts is he going to play? He's obviously boxed. Is he going to play alongside Lee Evans in that in that four two three one? I'd imagine so. <laughs> the thing that the thing that interests me and excited me most about this is this is a kind of transfer that we probably would expect Ipswich to do on loan potentially. Um, but they haven't. They've signed him, and it's um, it's that permanency. It's that kind of forward thinking, the planning ahead, not just going window to window. If we need we need to get this player in, we can only do it temporarily. Let's get it done. It's kind of he's part of the plan going forward, and hopefully, hopefully, he's a successful part of it. I'm looking forward to looking forward to seeing him play. Rossi, what are your thoughts on on Harper? You're using the dream as his little, you know, his name. Uh, his middle name is Jordan, Michael Jordan. Yeah, so little fun fact for you there. But now I'm very excited about this one. I think it's um, probably the signing of the summer so far and also the goalkeeper. I'm not saying his name. <laughs> um, but no, nah, I'm, I'm excited to see him in action. And as, as Hutchie said, 
you know, normally this sort of signing you expect on loan. You know, they have a fantastic season and then they go on to make another great move somewhere else. And then, you know, he's just remembered as, oh yeah, that guy who was on loan and did really well for us. But now he's here, a big season for him. As, and as Stu said, he's got ambitions to play at the highest level. So hopefully he can do that with us. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing him in action. All right then, boys, before we move on to, to other kind of links that we've reported or you boys have been have been working the phones and stuff, I just want to, to, to ask you, in the spirit of our of our sponsor, manscaped.com, use code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. Balls on the table time. Clearly, there's been a lot of well-manicured, well-trimmed testicles on the Portman Road boardroom this past week or so as deals have been getting done. Um, I want to ask you boys, Ross has alluded to it there, of the six signings so far, which for you is the best signing? I'm going to start with you, Stu. What are you going to say of the of the six that have come in so far? The best signing for you? Um, Harper, for me. For the reasons you've just explained, pedigree, etc. For the reasons we've explained, yeah, I think he'll change the dy- the whole dynamic of the team in terms of um, those two holding midfielders. One Ipswich have lacked that real sort of box to box energy. One, you know, players that can chip in with the odd goal from outside of the box and carry the team up the pitch and be that sort of exciting team to watch that Paul Cook wants. Um, so for me, him coupled with his age and, and the fact that he's permanent and that he's a player that, you know, from a business perspective as well is, is also a really good one. So yeah, Harper for me. Hachi, agree? No. Um, look, that's, I think it's, it's not, it's nice to have a, it's nice to have a choice, isn't it? Um, that I think I'm happy with all of them for their own reasons, but the one, the one that I like the best is Lee Evans um, because he's a surefire thing. Mm. I think some of the others maybe have some questions. Uh, hopefully, they answer those questions positively. But I think Lee Evans will come in and could set set the tempo for this team. Um, he would be the one that would allow Harper to do all the things that Stu has just mentioned there. And I think he's, um, yeah, I think he's a surefire sure-fired thing in there. I think a perfect all-round midfielder that Cook trusts and mm. can um, just set the tempo for the team. Mm. And Rossi, you said Harper, are you sticking with that of the six? Of course, I've got some of my boy as well. We'll call it Bon. But uh, yeah, I think Harper for the for the deal and he's permanent and, he, and he's 21. So happy days. Ticks all the boxes. Boys, when did it when did it um, become a thing, by the way, that all, all transfers are undisclosed fees, it seems, these days? When did that start? Used to be exciting talking about how much teams were were spending. Why why do we get undisclosed all the time, Stewie? Um, because both clubs will always have a bit of an agenda in terms of. Let me give you an example. Andy and I were touching on this this week that sometimes clubs will want to talk up how much they've paid because they'll want to be showing, oh, we're we're ambitious in the transfer market. Sometimes they'll want to talk it down because. Um, They'll think it's it weakens their hand in in the market when they're trying to do more business. Ipswich, there was a time when I think Ipswich maybe were trying to talk up what they were spending because Marcus Evans wanted to show that he hadn't he hadn't sort of pulled up the drawbridge financially. And uh, so we, you know there were deals like the Waghorn one and and the Hughes one, the Emir Hughes one that were kind of being talked up towards. Uh, Hughes, I think, was a million pounds was talked about at the time, and then a few years later, Mick McCarthy on his kind of way out of the building out of nowhere was going into press conferences and trying to tell everybody how little they'd spent on Emmy Hughes. And, oh, it was said it was a million at the time. He was 200 grand. And so everyone's kind of got a different different agenda when it comes to these fees. So um, 
that's why clubs kind of mutually decide to to make it undisclosed. I think. Annoying though, isn't it? I, I like to talk about big money, big deals being done. Uh, anyway, fingers crossed there's a lot more deals being done. On that note, in terms of players who haven't actually signed yet, but um, you boys have been working the phones and, and getting stories on. We've got to start with the story you dropped yesterday, Stewie, on another midfield target. The big lad, Crooks, town are stepping up their pursuit for the Rotherham midfielder. Yeah, things have moved on a little bit on that one. Earlier this month, I, uh, I did a story to say that he was... Uh, He'd been identified as a, as a prime target and the Ipswich were, were set to make their move. I think after a few weeks of um, posturing and, and uh, just seeing how the land lies amongst all parties, Ipswich are now in that position to, to make that move. And um, there is still a lot of moving parts to this one, um, but um, I'm more positive that this could happen than I was maybe a couple of weeks ago, put it that way. So if they can pull this one off, that'll be a big signing, both in, you know, literally and figuratively, because um, we've talked about Ipswich needing uh, a bit more physicality in the team, a bit more League One nous. Mm. He would certainly have that. He was a player that's, uh, you know, was was Championship Player of the Month at one stage during last season, scored goals, had assists for a Rotherham team that only just uh, slipped to relegation on, on the final day. Um, so if Ipswich can pull this one off, that'll be a big, big signing. Mm. Roscoe, if Town can bring Crooks to Portman Road, that that would be massive, wouldn't it? Do you, do you see the fact they've they've made some ambitious signings already? Maybe being a an extra factor in, in Crooks' decision because obviously there's going to be interest in him from elsewhere as well. Oh, definitely, you know that's that would be the signing of the summer for me straight away. That that would just mm. blow everything out of the water. Um, he's already shown. He's bullied town before when when he played us with with Rotherham. Um, he's now proven he can do decent in the championship. I'm sure he he probably would want to stay in the championship, but if he feels he's going to an ambitious club, one more season in League One, get us get him promoted, and then hopefully you know play regular championship football. But it looks like a a very good signing if it happens. Stewie, have you obviously you're close to this one, Stewie? Have you got any insight as to the t- type of money we're talking about with this one? It's, it's going to be going to take a, a significant fee, isn't he, given his, his pedigree? Uh, yes and no. I think um, Rotherham fans I've seen chucking around sort of figures of oh, one, two million pounds plus. Mm. I think people are underestimating how depressed this this market is off, off the back of a season where clubs had no income from gate receipts. Um, and we talked about maybe the penny still hasn't dropped for some players in terms of the wages that are, that are on offer this summer. Um, so it may be that the stars have aligned here. I think it's I think it's worked out really nicely that this summer Ipswich have got are in a position to be able to a they're in a position where they've cleared the decks quite early on, so you, you they know they're in a position where they can now start to build. Where other clubs are thinking, well, I want player X, but we've got to move on player Y before we can do that. Ipswich are in the box seat because they can move quickly on on some of these, and I think the gap between what Championship clubs can offer in terms of wages and top-end League One clubs, which Ipswich are, has probably narrowed. The Championship is a is a basket-case league uh, financially, we know that. Mm. So, And they'll have run into some real... I'm sure that that will have been really exaggerated and exacerbated by, by COVID last year. So Ipswich find themselves in a good position, I think, where they can compete with those sort of bottom-end Championship clubs for players. I'm sure Matt Crooks, having had the season he's had, would ordinarily be thinking I want to stay in the championship who wouldn't you know a club like Derby have shown interest and that 
the name of Derby, regardless of what's happened to them, I think is, is a draw. Um, Wayne Rooney is a draw, but Derby are, are one of a number of championship clubs that are, are in a right old pickle at the moment. They're under investigation um, from the EFL. They're under a transfer embargo. So that hopefully all means that Ipswich are in a position to kind of pull off what would be an, an ambitious signing for them. Um, I think what's changed in the last few weeks is hopefully that people like Harper and other deals that have, have happened strengthens your cause. It's one thing trying to sell a vision to a player early in the transfer window, but now you've got a bit of evidence behind it. We've done Harper, we've done Bond, we've got Evans, we've got players with championship experience. We mean business. And um, hopefully this is all going to end with uh, Matt Crooks signing for Ipswich Town. And, and then who knows, that could then even spark other deals from there. So, um, mm. Still a lot of work to be done. Rotherham aren't going to uh, let him go without a fight, but he's in the last year of his deal now, and I think there is a deal to be, to be struck there. I'm sure. Hutchie, where does Crook, someone like Crooks, fit in the in the jigsaw that that Paul Cook is currently putting together? We know that Evans and, and Harper potentially going to be those two deep line midfielders in in the four two three one. Where, where does where does Crooks fit into that? Then is he going to be a bit further forward? Can you? See, I, I know he can play a variety of positions, but where would you see him fitting? He's the number 10 for me. I think we talked about this before. He's the, he's the number mm. 10, but a very different number 10. Um, like We've seen Ipswich's number 10s of, in the last season and a half have been people like Alan Judge, Teddy Bishop, Josh Harrop had a go, um, Lancaster, Dobro, very slight, tricky customers. But Crooks is, Crooks is very different to that. He's obviously got... He's got the good feet for a big man. We'll tick that box, but he's but he just brings power, and and Ipswich haven't had power through their through the spine of their team in the in the forward areas really for a long, long time. Um, there aren't many number tens like Matt Crooks, it, to be completely honest. And and as we've said before, it, we we've painfully learned in the past what he can do to de- defenses that aren't necessarily set up to deal with him. So. Um, yeah, he would be probably not just Ipswich's signing of the summer, but it's not impossible that you could look up and down League One and not find too many, not find too many more in in terms of in terms of top level signings. He to take him away from Rotherham, who will absolutely be in the mix for promotion um, this coming season because they they always are. They're set up to do that. He that would be a real statement if they were to do that. Another real statement. Tiger's an exhibitionist, isn't he? Uh, I don't know. People watching on video, you can see he's um, he's positioned himself uh, just over your right shoulder, and he, he's going about cleaning the important parts of his body, as far as I can see. <laughs> Look at him, shameless the lad. He takes pride in his appearance. He's he's he's, <laughs> he's following his dad, isn't he? I've seen you doing that before, Hutchie. You're very flexible. <laughs> he, he needs to manscape down there. <laughs> would that would that qualify as animal cruelty if we if we got him manscaped? Uh, no, well, he'd do it himself. Wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from the, the cat licking its its, its testicles. Um, in terms of uh, we he hasn't got the, any of them, mate. Oh, okay. The spot, oh. the, spot the spot where it used to be. Um, what can we draw, boys? We've already talked. You boys have said about. Paul Cook wanting to sign all-rounders uh, and obviously Matt Crooks is, is kind of different in that he is, he is a unit, he is a physical specimen but everyone we've talked about them signing pretty much, we've said athletic, um, ambitious uh, and wants to work hard. We know that Mark Ashton has got this funnel 
that he's talking about. The, all these traits are going in, these players' names are going in, and they're being cross-checked against the traits that Paul Cook wants. Can we deduce that's definitely what he wants? He want, uh, It sounds silly saying you know he wants athletes. Obviously, all professional footballers are athletes, but these guys seem to be particularly athletic as, as one of their, their kind of key traits, don't they, Stewie? Yeah, as Andy said, the, the Ipswich team has been high on technical abilities, but has probably been low on some of that athleticism and, and power mm. and uh, traits that I think are required in, in, to get out of League One, which um, I don't know if we overstate that sometimes that football gets more physical the lower the, down the mm. leagues you go, but you need you need a mix in a team. And I just don't feel like Ipswich have had that blend. Mm. It's, it's Piecing together a team and a squad is, is kind of akin to alchemy, really. You need to have a blend of everything and I just don't think Ipswich have had that blend right for a little while, really. They've, you know, they, as Andy's reeled off all those little technical number tens for a little while, and um, you know, we talked about that Rotherham game where Ipswich, not just crooks, but across the park, they sort of got bullied in certain games. Accrington has been other. There's been cases in matches against them as well where you've got sort of Dazelle and Bishop and uh, players like that, not just not just physically bullied, but I think sort of quiet as well. You know, we're, we're looking for louder characters, bigger characters as well, more leadership in that squad as well. So, um, yeah, I think that you can see a lot of those boxes all being ticked with, with the signings that have, that have been made so far. I think if you just look at the, if you, for one, for one comparison, if you take, if you take Andre Dazelle and you take Raheem Harper, who, yes, we haven't seen Harper yet, and we're mm. commenting on kind of reputation and what others have told us and what the video can show us. But you've got Andre Dazelle there, who we all know is, an, is a fantastic passer of the ball. He's a brilliant passer of the football, but he's not a, he's not an all-round midfielder, is he? He's not, he's not got the physical side of it. We've seen times where he's not had the kind of ability to close down players. I, rem- I remember the the goal that Scott Twine scored for Swindon here. I think it was Andre that didn't get out to stop that. He's not box to box. Whereas in Raheem Harper, you've maybe you've signed a player who clearly has passing ability. We've seen that, and but he he has a more rounded game. He maybe doesn't quite excel at the top level of the passing ability that Andre Dazelle has, but he makes he has the other attributes that just make him that more well rounded midfielder and I think if you're building a team you 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 can't you can't really put a team together of players that all have their own outstanding attributes but don't necessarily bring the full package but if you can put a team on the field that have got players that can offer you something in so many different areas Mm. that's almost conducive to a better football team isn't it Mm. I'll tell you what I can say with with relative confidence now is Ipswich Town are going to be a much more fun team to watch next season. I know enough about Paul Cook and what he demands from his sides and the type of attributes he's looking for in a team. It may or may not go well. We all hope it goes really well. But whatever happens, I think this is going to be a much more relatable and enjoyable footballing team to watch. A team that that plays with real energy and intent and desire and all the things you want when you pay your money to go through the turnstiles. That's all you really ask for from a football team. And there's ways to lose games and draw games. And I, and I just, that's the thing that excites me most mm. about this. this. This is going to team that I look forward to watching every week. My, my Paul Lambert talked about rock and roll football, didn't he? Was it rock and roll football at, at some point? I'm not, I don't think we ever saw that. It was kind of like Sunday afternoon driving football, like the top gear themes anthology <laughs> CD at, t- at times. 
Um, I think Paul Cook's football is closer to rock and roll football than I don't know what rock and roll football is, but I think Paul Cook's um, and I don't I certainly don't know what Paul Lambert meant by it, but I think Paul Cook's team will be closer to that than um, than than Paul Lambert's was. Yeah, I'm not sure Paul Lambert knew what rock and roll football was, to be honest, but it, but it sounded good at the time. Uh, we know, obviously, Cook is going to demand high levels of fitness from his players as well. He's bemoaning last season the fact that, that Towns players couldn't train twice a day. Um, so, again, another another kind of hint as to the sort of player he's looking to, to bring in. Um, other links, Stewie, there's one this morning. We've, we've reported it before, but confirmed by Danny Cowley this morning. Michael Jacobs, a winger at Portsmouth, has been in discussion with Town as well. Yeah, interesting that... Danny Cowley's revealed that Ipswich have spoken to Michael Jacobs, but then is talking about the deal would have to be on our terms um, for it to get to the stage where you've allowed the player to, to speak to the other club would suggest that this is um, this is quite advanced. He's a, he's a player that Paul Cook knows and trusts from his time at Wigan. He played a key role when Wigan won the League One title under Paul Cook. He's played plenty of championship football. He's, he's been a championship player, really, throughout his career. He's played for the likes of Wolves and Derby a couple of seasons with, with Wigan in there as well. And uh, it sounds like when he was fit last season, he still looked like a championship player in League One, playing for Portsmouth. Um, but injuries restricted him, I think, to 12 starts last season in League One. He had a... Was it a... What operation was it, Andy? You'll have to tell me. He had ha- hamstring and then it was knee, the second mm. the second one. So an operation in April. He's only just returned to kind of the start of pre-season training. I don't think he's uh, on the grass doing ball work with the rest of the boys, doing a bit more sort of uh, earlier stages rehab there. So um, I think it all kind of hangs on that, really. Maybe both parties are kind of going to see how, how his fitness develops in the next few weeks. But... Ipswich certainly need wingers. That is that is an area of the team. Now we've talked a lot about other areas of the team. Those wide areas are going to be massive um, so that the load isn't being carried by the strikers for all the goals and all the assists, which is which was a major problem last season. Um, I think Jacobs would be a really good signing if uh, if the price is right and if, and if the new sports science team that uh, has been assembled by Ashton can uh, back themselves to get him over his injury worries. Mm. And just on, while we finish off and cross the cross the uh, the T's and dot the I's, another winger linked um, over the weekend. Stuart, you were working the weekend. Owen Dale at Crew, but this is one we understand that, that Town aren't involved in. No, I think he's one from what I gather that's on on a long list, and I'm sure he's on a lot of clubs' long lists because Crew um, had several players that caught the eye last season. They played some really good football in in League One, and some of their players have obviously gone on to, to bigger and better things already. Um, but from what I gather, he is just that one one of many players on the list of, of wingers that they may potentially move for. They're certainly not in a, a bid negotiation stage or anything like that. So this one smacks to me of um, clubs, agents trying to use Ipswich's alleged interest to, to drive up fees and drive up interest. And I think Ipswich are being used as a bit of a pawn in that game this summer. Ipswich have got a load of Yankee dollars behind them. They can they can they can spend big with Ipswich, you know that. So, yeah, that, that's probably about the, the scenario with that one at, the, at this moment in time. It's not to say they might not move for him further down the line, but they certainly haven't thus far, uh, contrary to kind of uh, some of the national reports over the weekend. OK, before we move on to departures, and clearly there's one that we've got to talk about in great depth uh, for at least half an hour, or I sob quietly. Um, they've got six in, boys. Six signings so far. Benson's 
managed to trap himself in the room, so he's going to start barking him. I'm going to have to leap up and let him out. But um, they've got six in so far. There we go. Uh, Hutchie, I'll ask you this question and I'll mute. How many more are they going to get? How many more do they need? Um, More. I think they need more. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's another... I don't think it's another 10 or anything. I don't know about you, Stu, but I, I think there's a good four, five, six more players to come into this squad this summer. What do you reckon? Yeah. Uh, talked about if Penny's not going to be a starter, you need a starting left back. Centre half, you're looking um, desperately short on at the moment. Wolferden's probably about the only one that you can see being a, a senior centre back at the moment. So I think you need at least two more centre backs. Um, wingers still desperately short on so yeah I would say at least five or six minimum okay um, I'm going to be muting intermittently from here on in because my dog's being an arsehole oh there you go um, he's obviously had enough of Tiger getting the attention um, let's start with departures then Lanc- Jack Lancaster I think you spoke about last week um, has departed uh, formerly uh, the next kind of big thing at town Um Exploded onto the scene, looked very, very promising indeed. Then had his own, obviously, injury battles. Roscoe, Jack Lancaster, no longer an Ipswich Town player, has gone to Cambridge United. Your thoughts? I'm, I'm very 50-50 on this. I think it's a good move. League One, staying League One, Cambridge United, newly promoted. Doesn't need to travel far, so he can stay in Bury where he, where he lives. Um, but yeah, I am disappointed for him, really. You know, he has had them injuries, which, you know, it's not his fault. You know, those back injuries... Um, you know, when he broke, you know, broke on the scene as an 18 year old, you know, that goal against Millwall, unfortunately that game was the turning point of that season where we pretty much knew, yeah, we're going to get relegated to league one, but, um, it is where you think where could it gone for Jack if those injuries didn't, you know, happen. Um, but as we said before, maybe, maybe these players need a fresh start, you know, Andre de Zell, we mentioned Jack, um, Teddy Bishop, if he does go where he goes to. I think, yeah, maybe this is this is the perfect time for him to move on and, you know, wish him all the best. You can see a lot that makes sense for this move, can't you, Hutchie, with, with Lancaster. He's still young. He can still stay living in Suffolk. It's just down the road at Cambridge. And Cambridge coming up um, last season, they're a, a good little club. They'll, they'll have ambitions this season. Can, can you see it being one that works out for Jack there? Definitely. I'd, I'd led to believe he's got some family ties to Cambridge United as well. So he's leaving Ipswich, which is his, his boyhood club, his family's his family's club, but I think there are some family ties to Cambridge as well. So I can absolutely see from his point of view why that would be attractive. I think he needs to, I think he needs to, and a manager needs to to nail down where he plays. Personally, personally, I've I've really liked seeing him playing on the right wing, cutting in on his on his left foot. He's not he's not a flying winger, um, so it'd be a t- he'd need to be in a team that that play to those kind of strengths and would allow a sort of a creative midfield type to play on the wing and cut in on his left foot. Um, but I think he 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 himself would tell you he's a number ten, which which at Ipswich there's incredible traffic there for a number ten. And if you look, if you then just look at the fact that Paul Cook is trying to sign Matt Crooks, mm. um, if that's what if that's what Paul Cook wants from a number ten. Um, Jack Lan- Lancaster's not not ticking those boxes, is he? Um, in terms of what what's being offered there, so I can I can see why this one has happened, and I I can also hopefully, as Stu mentioned earlier, I think that the Josh Emmanuel path is hopefully hopefully the path that Jack treads from from this point here. 
um, mm-hmm. onwards and, and and work his way back up again and have a really good football career because because ultimately, yes, Ipswich Town's academy. Its 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 main goal is to produce players for the Ipswich Town first team. That hasn't happened as regularly as as we might like, but it can also get some kind of supplementary points if you were to score it as an academy for for producing players that ultimately go on and have a professional football career and um for any young man to go and have a professional football career after being involved in an academy is a, a really big achievement so i just hope that from this point on that that jack can go away stay injury free and um and be successful mm. Stewie, any fears that he'll end up being the one that got away i mean any time town let a player go and he goes on to success um, fans inevitably say, "Why did we let him go? Uh, is that is that a danger down the line?" It is a danger, but it doesn't always mean that it was the wrong decision. You make the right decision at the right time. Um, there's an argument that they could have loaned him out for a year, and then you've kind of protected yourself if he goes away, comes back, is a more rounded player. It's a more functioning football team for him to be then blooded into further mm. down the line. I think that's not really helped this kind of more recent crop of young players that the pressure was suddenly on all of them to come in and be key players. You know, young players that you look back to Teddy Bishop coming through back in 2014 and you're coming in to be part of a far more functioning grown-up football team at that time, whereas this current crop was suddenly the weight of the world was a bit more on their shoulders. So sometimes the stars just don't align and the timing's not right for, for young players. But I just think Ipswich have made... As, as, as difficult as it is to see sort of players that have been with you since the age of eight and a bit more relatable go away. Sometimes you just have to accept that it's not the right, the timing is not right and the fit is not right and it's best for all parties to move on. I mean, Jack Marriott's a prime example. People talk about sort of he went away from Ipswich and, and came back and did really well. Mm. You know, sometimes you have to go back. I don't think, you put it this way, if a player then was to stay at Ipswich for the next foreseeable so many years I don't think they then get to that point without going backwards first Marriott went away he was Mick McCarthy talked about him being overweight and unfit and he went to Woking and dropped down to non-league and we talked about the whole McCordy Bond story earlier sometimes everyone has to go on their own little journeys to get to a certain point whether it's physically mentally whatever Mm. and um, it just feels like maybe that is that is the right time for Jack so I wish him well because he's a lovely young man and he's been a he's been a credit to the club off the field as well so um, you know, it's the same for all these players that have uh, left this this summer. But now is not the time for sentiment. Ipswich Town find themselves going into year three in League One. It's a new start, and uh, we talked about it. The hard reset is probably needed now. He's four. Sorry, Cam. He's going to have his eyes opened in the next few months because he's going to be a dad soon. In that, so is he? Uh, yeah, he is. How old is he? Twenty-one. Blimey. Good luck, good luck, young man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that, Jack. Um, Roscoe, before we move on to other departures, um, while we're on the subject of Cambridge United, there's a player there. I just want you to make your pitch. Obviously, we know Mark Ashton listens to this this oh. podcast, a member of the KOA Army. There's a player yesterday you excitedly sent us a message saying Town should go in for this guy. Um, do you want to just talk a little bit about that? At first, when you said that, I thought you found a very hard-to-pronounce name from Cambridge for me to say but luckily it's uh, Paul Paul Mullen or Mullen how, how are you saying this I'd say Mullen Mullen yeah yeah. Um, yeah 32 goals last season that they named a stand after him 
although for a few games, I think, because he broke records and all that. But uh, yeah, 26 years old. I know that's probably his only seasons he's actually been that prolific. Lives with James Norwood, um, free agent. <laughs> um, yeah. He's turned down a deal, hasn't he? He's turned down a new deal there. So yeah. he's very much in, in, in the market. Um, so there you go. Mark Ashton, Paul Cook, listening to this podcast. Go and get Paul Mullen. Ticks all the boxes that, that Roscoe uh, has. He is James Norwood of, of 2019. He's, it's the exact same situation, isn't it? 32 goals, got his team promoted uh, and is leaving. Is he lively on social media as well? No, not. <laughs> Would that be good or bad for James Norwood off the pitch, having his having his close mucker who he lives with uh, also being his, his work buddy as well. I don't know if that would elevate James Norwood or whether it would be a, an unwelcome distraction. I've got no idea. but um It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Because only one of them would start, presumably. Mm. So yeah. you can, it would be a very interesting, very interesting dynamic if that was, uh, if that could, was a thing. Was could, a make thing. For a, could make for a frosty home dynamic as well, couldn't it? If one of them oh, oh, did I accidentally just... Just give you a little kick on the knee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh! I've accidentally left water all over the bathroom floor. Did <laughs> don't don't slip. Yeah, here you go. I've made you dinner. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgy lasagna. Yeah. Um, right then, boys. There's, there's two more departures. We already knew one of them. Um, Di Cornell had left. Uh, he's now signed for a new club. He's at, he's at newly promoted Peterborough. Very quickly, Stewie. Thoughts on that? Cornell to Peterborough, yeah, mm. good, great move for him. Obviously, just had his contract uh, terminated um, by mutual consent with Ipswich. So for him to get a championship move is, is great for him. He'll go into they're, they're saying that he'll go into compete with Christy Pym for their n- number one position next season. Um, we saw David Norris uh, uh, leave Ipswich, didn't we? And uh, Will Norris, David Norris, Will Norris. Uh, <laughs> So Will Norris leave Ipswich and, and everyone sort of thought that he wasn't particularly good for Ipswich and he, he ended up playing some Premier League games for Burnley last season. So it's a strange position, goalkeepers. Um, so, yeah, good luck good luck to David there. Right then, friends, members of the KOA Army, it's inevitable. We have to talk about this. I'm afraid it's true. Aaron Drynan, town have signed one dream, but one dream has ended. Aaron Drynan, a Drizzy, the man up front, Drinaldo, Driniesta. The man who scored that worldie at Crew last season, goal of the season, cruelly overlooked, is no longer an Ipswich Town player. The story of Drizzy at Town is over for now. He's signed for Leighton Orient, dropped down to League Two, um, and I'm devastated. Uh, Hutchie, are you are you are you devastated? What what do you make of this move for, for Drynan? Um, I'm absolutely delighted for him because. <laughs> If you'd asked me a year ago where Aaron Drynan would end up, where he would sign his next contract and what his career would look like, it wouldn't it wouldn't I wouldn't have told you he'd be going to League Two um on a multi year contract with a good manager like Kenny Kenny Jacket. So in the course of it in the space of a year, he's managed to turn around a career which without a crystal ball, I I'm gonna suggest might have ended up with either a move to non league or perhaps a return to Ireland. He's managed to turn around a career and get a two-year. Is it two years he's got at Orient? Yeah. Two-year yeah. contract. Two-year contract at a good club in League Two. So he he's done very well for himself. And and yeah, 
I don't I don't think he's good enough for for Ipswich Town. I've I've never really thought he was good enough for Ipswich Town, but he certainly had some qualities, and and um, I'm really pleased that he's been able to to get his career a, a really solid place to try and truly get it going because it it's been a weird career for him at Ipswich, but um, he can go and be his own man somewhere else now, and I, I mm. think it's a, a res- absolute result for him. Yeah, it was Shakespeare, wasn't it? He said, parting is such a sweet sorrow. Um, and that kind of sums this up because although I have to say goodbye to Aaron Dryden and he's going to a, a decent situation for him, Stewie. Yeah, I assume you've you've bought your season ticket for Brisbane Road. Um, oh, mate, absolutely. Go go on the O's, up the O's. There he is. Yeah, he Look is. at him, the lad. I, again, yeah, undi- little... undisclosed because I assume it was at least £3 million they're signing for. So... Uh... <laughs> Ipswich have done well there. I mean, they took the option yeah. on on his deal, didn't they? So they yeah. to have, um to have got some money. I'm sure it's a pretty much a nominal fee, but they've, they've managed to like, you know, that, that shows another little sign of the sort of tough negotiations of, of Ashton and uh, to have uh, taken that option and got some money some money back on Aaron. So um, we, we desperately tried to talk up some of his qualities at the start of last season, didn't we? In terms of his link up play and his, you know. But he's not, you know. This things. This is a sign. This to me of sort of Drynan leaving and Bond coming in, and you know Hawkins leaving is just a sign that Ipswich are levelling up all over the park. And that's, um, you know, there was a time not that long ago that Ipswich were in the Championship and buying players from League One and League Two. They're now in League One and buying players that have really are, are deemed as Championship players. So um, that is a sign that things are going in the right direction again. And just just finally on drawing, Roscoe. I, I know you um, you knew him pretty well. A hell of a story, though. You know, kind of joking aside, and and the whole KOA me tying my uh, me um, tying my colours to his mast back in the summer of two thousand eighteen. After I incorrectly said he was still at the club after he'd gone out on loan. Um, that's me being <laughs> being on the ball as ever. Uh, but one one hell of a, of a journey for him. I mean, he signed. He was compared to Daryl Murphy. Got nowhere near the first team, went on a series of loans, looked like he would never, ever break into the, the first team picture, but he did. He got into the first team picture. He made, he started last season as the first choice striker, was unlucky to, to suffer an injury um, and did finally score that town goal. Like, like the boy said, he's, he's probably not good enough at the moment at this level, but he has qualities and it is genuinely just a nice story for a lad, isn't it? Fair play. Just fair play to Aaron. Um, mm. He did a fantastic, you know, going to Sweden, then Scotland's, and yeah, that that Murph, you know, tag, whoever gave it to him, it was Chambers and Co. Like mm. it was very much, he's gonna need, need to straight away, you know, bar <laughs> and score goals. He did for the under twenty threes. He scored, yeah. you know, goals for those. But but yeah, um, but he surprised us all, didn't didn't he? I think the fans were surprised when you know Aaron Drynan. Um, I don't think really we were going to get promoted to Aaron Dryden, you know, last season. I don't think he was going to be the the saviour for us. Sorry. Um, but I think, yeah, League Two, Latin Orient, I'm hoping he, he can do the best there and under a good manager, as, as Andy said. Um, he has got the attributes to, you know, score goals. And could he do what my boy Macaulay Bond did at Latin Orient, score them the goals? And uh, yeah, you never know. He could get a, a multi-million pound deal to the championship. You never know. Let's, let's calm down. The, yeah, yeah. The, the, the dream boy, the boys, the dream's not over. You know, he's going to go and smash League Two to bits and then live up to that Murphy name. When was Murphy when he had his best season? Was he 30 years old? Dryden's what, 23? There's still time, boys. He can still come back to it, switch town 
score that goal that sent them to the Premier League in 2026, baby. I was going to ask if this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if this is the point where where uh, you you get off that get off the train, but I don't think it is, is it? The, the, that train is still running over there. Obviously, now I'm fully on board the crane train, <laughs> Ross Crane, um, <laughs> uh, and the dream. Obviously, realizing he's going out dream. on loan as well. <laughs> <laughs> realizing the dream, Rakeem Harper is is now at town. He's my boy now, the dream. So, um, but hey, we'll see. Good, good luck to, to Aaron. Obviously, it's been great that. Um, We've been able to have a lot of fun with him over over the uh, the past couple of seasons. I've got my my framed shirt on the wall. I'm, I'm interested to know if that's still the only Aaron Drynan printed shirt that exists out there. Um, so yeah, fair play to the lad. Good luck to him, boys. This has been a lot of sexy chat, sexy stuff. Chat. This has been the Tom Hardy of podcasts, um, according to my wife, the sexiest man on earth. I don't know what, uh, what I make about that. Um, but boys, anything else to mention? We should mention, of course, um, kits away kits. We've got an idea when that's going to happen, Hutchie. Mid-July. You have to wait. There we go. Why is it being delayed? Because they're going to be playing friendlies as of a week on Saturday. Most of these friendlies are away. They're surely not going to be wearing the new away kit before they no. actually officially launch it. No, it's um, it's related to lockdowns, like COVID-related lockdowns in the country of manufacture, mm. which, I'm, which I don't know what country that is, but um, not this country. So that's why that's why it's not been delivered essentially. So I think the Barcelona kit will live will live on. It seems to never die. These these kits they just kind of linger in the background forever. So that there's every chance that we will get to see that. Although they are playing Dart, they won't need it at Dartford. They won't need it against Stevenage. They're playing two games at home. Mm. They might not need it. They tell you where they might need it is in in the game they're playing against Berry Town. So if you want to see the Barcelona kit in action one last time, go there. Go to Barry. That's the big draw. I'm still hoping for a pink away kit this year, boys. We should also mention Roscoe um, Fan Social. That's back every week now, isn't it, on a Thursday? Mm-hmm. You called it on a Thursday night, goes out on a Friday. And also the new show on the, the KOA channel, Tractor Girls Talk. Roscoe, again, you're involved in that. It's contractually in, ev- in your contract. You have to be in every single podcast we do. Um, in 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 kind of chasing that blue tick that Hutchie's got, um, that's you and, and Katie Sandals, and that's that's already picked up quite an audience, Roscoe, and and it is a fantastic time to get into into Ipswich Town women's football, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, thanks everybody who has listened so far, and um, hopefully we'll, we'll bring them on a regular occurrence just when news drop and all that. They they made their first signing, and Liv Smith, who's going to mm. be also, she's a police officer as well, so is she? She'll be chasing criminals, and you know. Playing football on, on the weekend, so uh, I wonder where you're going well. with that. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this at all, but um, good signing, good signing. Yeah. Played for England at youth level, so yeah. So look out for Tractor Girls Talk because it's a very exciting time for them as well. Just um, on the Tom Hardy thing, do you know Tom Hardy's dad's name? Mark Laurel Chips. Tom Hardy's dad is called Chips. That's how posh Tom Hardy and his family are. That his dad's called mm. Chips. Um. Boys, we should also mention, of course, before we go, it's Euro 2020. I haven't seen any of it because I had no uh, TV signal in the in the Hebrides. So I haven't seen any of it at all. I missed both games last night because the missus isn't interested. But it's England-Germany tonight, boys. Are we um, are we up for this? Come on! After watching last night's football, I don't know if my heart can take it tonight. Or was it, it was <laughs> very nice to sit back as a neutral and just enjoy 
Magic Monday, as it's been dubbed, and the drama of the, the goals and the last-minute goals. Andy's shaking his head. Magic, like Magic name. Monday. Just <laughs> why does everything have to have a name? Just, it's, just oh. Anyway, it was, great, it two was great, great games though. But I don't know if my nerves could handle that sort of scenario tonight. What are we saying? What's your predictions, boys? Stewie, England, Germany. England going to do it? Yeah, on pens. On pens. Fucking hell! Stewie. Can't take that, Stewie. Hutchie, what are you saying? Uh, I'm saying in- England to progress to the next round. Kai Havertz to score any time. And uh, yeah, that may or may not come in as a nice double at 45 to 1. So there you go. Um, so there you go. Roscoe? It's coming home. It's coming home. It's not coming home. No, no. It's not it's coming un- home. I'm worried. Germany, yeah. they're not been that they're not been playing that well in this tournament so far, and they're gonna they're gonna step up. It's at Wembley. It'll be I think there's gonna be a good forty thousand. I think gonna be in the stadium. Um, the, the players they need to step up, and hopefully Gareth Southgate won't play Jordan Henderson. That is my fear. He'll he'll play him and uh, not start Jack Grealish. So. Fingers crossed, but I'm going to be having my hands over my face all the time because I have a worry that we could possibly lose. But uh, yeah, yeah, I can see it. I can see it going wrong tonight. We're doing what we always do at major tournaments, aren't we? Getting very carried away, saying, "Oh, cool, the players we've got. No one else has got players like this." And you think, actually, they have. Um, and also, we're not really got the winning mentality that we need. Unlike Germany, Hutchie, you said before you you couldn't get into major tournaments with England. Are you getting into this one? Honestly, not so much with England. I, uh, I quite, I quite enjoy the neutrality, like the neutrals being a neutral in major tournaments. That's where I get my kicks. Like I really enjoyed the games last night. I struggle. I, I really struggle to, to be like. Obviously, I want them to win, but I really, mm. I really, like I do struggle to get hugely, hugely into it. Maybe it's just the the endless disappointments that just just beating that out of me. But I love, I love the tournament. Just can't now. Uh, I don't know. I just can't translate that into hanging a flag out my window. Um, I was really looking forward to the game tonight, and you've just you've all just sucked the fun out. <laughs> of it for me now. I'm just going to go up and have a little cry. I think you see penalties though, Stu. No one wants penalties yeah, against well, Germany. They're going to win. Win on. There penalty. we go. There we mm. go, Stu. That's that's how I like it. Um, boys, any other business before we we, we make our excuses and leave? It's been a long one today. Lots to talk about. Jordan Pickford's going to take a penalty apparently if it gets there. Apparently he's in that he might be in the five, That'd which I'm, I'm I'm all in on that. That'll be great. I want him to take, if he does, I want him to take his gloves off like Rui Patricio did, <laughs> so we can get a nice sort of uh, yeah rounding off of that narrative. Go full circle. That'd be good. Would you let He'd your goalkeeper well, take the first he? one? Would you go first, or do you want him on on the fifth? You don't want him on the fifth, surely. You want him first, don't you? If he's going to take one, you want him first. I don't want any error with those gloves going back on. I, I just just don't, I don't know. I don't know what errors you can make when putting a pair of gloves on, but. <laughs> Break your know. finger. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, then, boys. Well, time will tell. There's a lot of sexy stuff happening at town. Hopefully there's some sexy stuff happening on the pitch for England tonight. By the time we listen to this, hopefully England will be through beating the old enemy uh, well on the way to it coming home, which it's not going to, but let's keep saying it. Um, boys. A tremendous podcast. Fantastic to be back in your company. Just a reminder, of course, to follow us across all our social medias. That's Kings of Anglia on Twitter, YouTube and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us with visibility in the charts, of which we are clearly top. Uh, And also remember, 
to use code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. Lots of good clubber on there. It doesn't just have to be about shaving your knackers. It can also be about clipping your, your nose hair, your ear hair, or just getting yourself a pair of boxer shorts or some some deodorant for your knackers. There you go. There, there, there's something for everyone on there. Get involved. Um, let's look out for the fan social later this week, potentially attract girls talk as well. And we'll speak to you next time. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.